How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. This is the Sports Edge with Rick Wolf on your flagship station for New York sports. The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM, WFAN, New York. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this Mother's Day edition of Rick Wolf's Sports Edge. I'm your host, Rick Wolf. Well, our conversation about how to save Major League Baseball last Sunday brought forth a real torrent of emails, texts, and and responses last week. And clearly, baseball fans are concerned about their game, all the so-called new rule changes, and what Major League Baseball ought to be doing to make the game more fun, more action-oriented, and, quite frankly, attractive to kids. And I want to come back to that discussion later on in the hour because, well, there's still a lot of ground to cover on that topic. But first up, an item in the sports news caught my eye this past week, and I wanted to get your reaction to it. Now, remember a couple of years ago, I... I talked about a 13-year-old soccer phenom from out west named Olivia Moultrie. She's the, the girl who was considered so good at such a young age that Nike went to her and her parents and offered her a long-term contract to sign with the shoe company to, well, in effect, to, to turn pro. Now, the terms of that deal with Nike were not made public, and of course, it's presumed, though, that it was for a lot of money, at least a substantial six figures. But the catch, of course, was that Olivia would not only have to give up not only her high school and club playing career, but also her college career as well. After all, she was signing a pro uh, professional shoe contract. Now, it was reported that the University of North Carolina, that powerhouse in women's soccer, had already offered her a scholarship to play soccer, even though she was still, at the time, in middle school. So, in sum, for the chance, the opportunity to sign with Nike, Olivia and her parents sacrificed her entire high school playing career and a college scholarship to turn pro. That's a total of eight years of her not playing in any real games. Now, for the last couple of years, Olivia has been working out with the Portland Thorns franchise in the NWSL, the National Women's Soccer League. But under that league's rules, which Olivia and her parents had to know when she signed two years ago with Nike, well, under that, in that league, you have to be at least 18 years old in order to play in a National Women's Soccer League game. And as a result, 
Olivia has been allowed to practice with the Portland team and even play in some preseason scrimmages, but she's not allowed to play in the actual league games. Now comes word, though, that Olivia and her mom and dad have changed their mind. They filed a lawsuit asking that the 18-year-old rule be abolished so that she can officially sign a pro contract with the Portland franchise and start playing in their league games right away. Again, she's 15 now. According to a number of media reports, Olivia is challenging this league rule, which is part of the league's collective bargaining agreement. But the NWSL only recently began negotiating with the Players Association on their very first CBA between the Players Union and the league. In response, and I find this a bit curious, the, the, uh, the NWSL released the following statement, quote, the league is engaged in collective bargaining with the NWSL Players Association, which is the appropriate place, according to federal labor law, for issues regarding terms and conditions of employment to play out. Age requirements are a common feature of many men's and women's professional leagues in the U.S. and abroad. Again, I'm quoting from the, from the league statement. The rules that govern league operations are in place to support players and team operators and to ensure the NWSL remains the premier women's soccer league in the world. We will vigorously defend our league against this litigation because it seeks to change a long-standing rule and interferes with the collective bargaining process." End quote. In other words, what the league is saying here is that they definitely want to keep the 18-year-old restrictive language in place. Now, I have to tell you, I, I, I don't know and friends, I want to get your thoughts about all this and what do you think is going to take place and why do you think she did this and, and what, why is the league being so tough about this? And, of course, we'll take your calls at one 337 I don't know if age requirements are, in fact, a common feature of many men's and women's pro soccer leagues here and around the world. I mean, for example, in Major League Soccer, I mean, we all remember that Freddie Adu, I mean, he signed a pro contract when he was 14 back in 2004. And in her lawsuit, Olivia claims that if she were male and she played in the MLS, she could clearly sign and play now. And I, I, I think that's true. So my question to you is, what, what do you make of her claim that she should have the right to play in professional soccer games now at age 15? And again, what confuses me about all this is that when she signed with Nike a couple of years ago when she was 13, she and her parents had to be well aware that in addition to not playing high school or college soccer, that she was giving all that up, she wouldn't be able to play in the NWSL games until she turned 18, which is still, again, three years off. She's now saying in her lawsuit that without the opportunity to play in the league games, that among other sacrifices, she's losing a chance to perhaps have a chance to make the, uh, the U.S. women's national team because, you know, obviously playing in the games will give her a chance to get uh, some exposure, more experience, uh, you know, show the, the best women's soccer team in, in the world just how good she is. And, of course, she, she's not going to be able to sign a professional contract with, with Portland uh, and earn a, earn a salary until she actually has this, uh, this, this rule uh, put aside. One eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. What do you think of all this? Do you think the Portland Thorn franchise and Olivia's parents? I mean, they should have they should have discussed this issue two years ago.
And that now it just seems a little odd, like it's a little too late, that somehow they're coming late to this party and saying, oh, by the way, um, we think Olivia should have a chance to uh, sign a contract now. Why wait till she's 18? And do you think that the league is going to prevail in their new CBA? I mean, seeing how the men's pro soccer league in the United States doesn't have this kind of age restriction, as, again, look at Freddie Adu, uh, and I, I know there are others as well. Let, let's talk about this, because I, I just don't know what to make of this. I don't understand why she's doing I, mean, I understand why she's doing it. She's probably is eager to play in a real game and to see how her skills have developed. And the other thing, of course, about Olivia, and going through doing my research and looking online, you don't get anybody writing that much about how good she is or how talented she is. Uh, I'm sure she's talented. Obviously, she she you know she was a phenom uh, from a couple of years ago. But we all know that things change during adolescence. We know that that kids sometimes who are are really super talented when they're you know 13 or 14, as the years roll by, they just end up being sort of you know well they're still very good, but they sort of lose their superstar status by the time they get to be 17 or 18 and 19. It's just, it's just odd, and I wonder what is going on here, and also why the league is being so resistant about all this and saying, oh, no, no, we, we, uh, this is all part of the collective bargaining agreement, which we haven't negotiated yet, but we, we are firm that our league rule is 18. Um, I mean, it is curious, and uh, you know, maybe, maybe the fact is that they don't want to sign her, and they just don't want to say that. I, it's so strange, um, and again... I know we live in a time where the rules and regulations and everything else tend to change uh, seemingly overnight, but this is a pretty interesting case uh, case study, and I, I just, I, I'm just, maybe somebody knows something more about this that I'm not aware of, but it is very strange. All right, let me, let me, um, let me take a quick pause here. When I return, I want to talk about this, and of course later on we'll talk about later on about Major League Baseball, and particularly in light of the games over the last few days and how many strikeouts we're seeing uh, being accumulated. One eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. I'll take a break. When I return, I want to hear from you about Olivia Moultrie. Stay with me. I'm uh, eager to get your thoughts about this puzzling Olivia Moultrie lawsuit, asking that uh, the that you had well in, in the league she uh, she wants to play in uh, the NWSL. Uh, they have a rule in place, and it's been around for a while uh, since the league started, that uh, you have to be 18 in order to sign a contract and to play in the league games. Olivia uh, was 13 when she signed a, a contract with Nike uh, to basically turn pro, um, and now she's 15, and she practices with the Portland Thorn uh, in the NWSL. And she's 15, but now she says, I want to play now in the games. I don't have to wait three more years to play. Now, she's filed a lawsuit to, to have this, this rule put aside by being 18. What I don't understand is, I mean, Olivia and her parents, I mean, they had to have known about the league rules when they signed with Nike two years ago. They had to be 18 to play in the league. Uh, and now she's saying, eh, I don't think that's fair because, after all, if I if I were male and I played in the Major League Soccer like Freddie Adu, he signed when he was uh, only 14 and played in the games. I but what's curious about all this is that that the league in its response to to fend against Olivia's lawsuit, they, well, it doesn't sound especially friendly or accommodating about her desire to play for Portland now. So I I'm curious about all this and I want to get your thoughts. 
it's just either something I'm not getting here or something is missing. I just don't know. And we're taking your thoughts at one 337 6666 Let's start our conversation this morning with Jack Smithlin over uh, from New Jersey. Jack, good morning. You're first up. What do you think about the situation with, uh, with Olivia and the National Women's Soccer League? Well, you know, Rick, this is something that I remember when it happened. And, you know, the University of North Carolina actually offered her a full scholarship when she was 11 years old. That's correct. And the, the, fun, and the funny thing about it is I, I read a lot about this in the past couple of years following her, like trying to, you know, trying to follow other young players. And, and But the point is, is that she made a statement just recently that said she, and this is exactly what her quote was, the age minimum will hinder my development and delay of chances of making and being invited to play on the Olympic team and the U.S. national women's team. Right. Well, one of the things that she should have thought about before she ever signed any kind of contract was that the school that offered her the full ride um, has a coach. His name is Anson Durant, and he is with the developmental teams. He He was the Olympic coach and the world team coach. And her better chances of ever getting on the Olympic team was to play for him. So, you know, when she started this, this whole situation, first of all, like you said, you know, what's going on with this, with this team that she's practicing with? Well, does she think or do they think that she can actually compete with world-class athletes that are 28, 30 years old at 15 years old? I mean, you know, I remember Adu and going on the David Letterman show and doing all of his tricks. You know what? I can train, and I'm not saying this, I'm really, it's a tough sport, but I can train my, my year-and-a-half-old grandson to do tricks like that and never be able to play the game of soccer. So, and, and Adu was a very, very good soccer player, but, you know, could he have withstood the, the power of a 200 you know, a defensive back, you know, a, a, a sweeper hitting him head on. So, I mean, I don't get the point here. What she should have done first was sue her parents for making such a silly decision <laughs> and taking all of her high school and college um, socialization, growing skills, and, and her education away from her. So, I mean, well, I know she's getting an education, but it, it's crazy, Rick. It really is I mean, crazy. I, I mean, the thing is, what you just have uh, laid out here, you know, it, it's, yeah, I mean, you're thinking like, okay, now, from what I read, uh, you know, her parents were both athletes and played in college uh, themselves, uh, so they obviously were familiar with sports and athletics and whatever, but, uh, and it obviously made a lot of news when Nike reached out to this girl and said, you're the one, everybody knows that uh, you're, you're a phenom, as you mentioned, UNC offered her a scholarship, but the, I remember when we talked about this two years ago on the air, the question was, well, why would she do that? I mean, you know, that's, it's, she's not going to play any high school or club games uh, or, or college games for eight years. And uh, now she's sort of – it sounds like she's sort of waking up to the fact that, you know what, maybe that was too much of a sacrifice to make, and, and maybe I should 
get back into the mix and see if I can get the league to, to change the rule because if I ever want to get to the next level, and as you said, Jack, to, to, to play uh, an elite level with the, uh, the U.S. national women's team or, or, or you know, really uh, be considered a superstar, I need to play in real games. And this sort of goes back to the whole theory about the fact that, well, you can practice and practice and practice all you want, but until you actually get into a real live game, and you're playing against That's other exactly right. other individuals who really want to compete against you uh, and want to win. It's not the same, and I think it but, must have, you know that must be at the heart of all this. But also, Rick, the one thing that I'm thinking of is that at 13 years old, do her parents actually think that she could make a decision like this? I, I mean, this had to be her parents' decision. Well, there's I no mean, question. She's 13 I mean, years old. Her it, prefrontal lobe isn't even developed yet. She can't even make decisions on what ice cream flavor to take. So, you know, the, the point is is that this was all in her parents. I mean, it really is her parents' decision. There's no, and I don't think it's a dispute. I, you know, I think I that's very much. Her, yeah. I hope what they paid her is worth more than a four-year scholarship to uh, North Carolina. I really do. Jack. So, I, mean, I hear you. Thank, that's thanks. the only thing she's going to get out of it. I hear you. Thank, thank you for your thoughts as always. Have a nice Mother's Day. <laughs> okay. I mean, another thing is, I, which is not really clear about this, maybe, and again, I'm just speculating because I don't have intel about this, maybe Nike is pushing this. Maybe Nike is the one that's saying, gee, we got this, this great, uh, wonderfully talented 15-year-old, but she's not allowed to play in the games for another three years. Maybe they're, they're the ones that went to the parents and said, you know, we should really f file a challenge about this law because, you know, it, it's holding the development back for your daughter. And, and to Jack's point, yeah, we know that we have to assume the parents are the ones calling the shots on this. The kid's only 15 years old. Uh, so we know that this is coming from from grown-ups who are obviously eager to see uh, their daughter uh, progress to the next level in terms of soccer. Let's continue on. Let's go to uh, Louie in Lindbergh. Hey, Louie, good morning. You're next up on The Fan. Hey, Rick. Happy Mother's Day to you. You too. Tell me about uh, this. You're a soccer guy. What, what do you think yeah, about all this? I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm the head soccer coach at Vaughan College of Engineering. I've been coaching for many, many years, over 35 years. I also coach uh, boys lacrosse. One of the things I think about is this. First of all, I believe it's age discrimination. Before I get into that, though, uh, I, this is more or less a publicity stunt. Uh, but we also got to remember that Pele, the most famous soccer player of all time, played professional soccer at 16 years old. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, we gonna, now, we're going to argue between one year if somebody should be playing pro soccer or shouldn't be playing pro soccer. For one year, I don't think so. I think what happened here is this, that uh, this girl was so good, and actually we don't really know because we haven't seen her play. Right. None of us none of us that are going to call in today have seen her play, so we can't make a determination if she's uh, a pro player or not. And meanwhile, we don't have that we don't have that, that voice to, to say if she deserves to be a pro player or not. But what I think here is this, that she's going to win this lawsuit because it's age discrimination. If this was a boy, nobody would be verbally arguing about this. They would let it slide. But because she's a girl, now everybody's getting all excited that she's such a young age that she shouldn't be allowed to play in this league. And I think that's going to be turned down. That law is going to have to change. They're going to get, they're going to get in trouble for this, the, the, the women's pro league. For saying that you got to be 18 to in order to play professional soccer, okay, you can't me, just 
Well, yeah, let me yeah, take okay. it. Let me take this from the other point of view on this. One is, and I agree with you. I mean, obviously in the sense that, yeah, I mean, this doesn't seem equitable. I mean, if, if men can sign with MLS and play as young as age 14, there is no age restriction. But in this case, one, Olivia and her parents clearly had to know that that was the league rule uh, when she signed with Nike a couple of years ago. And they and she's been working out with the Portland Thorn for the last two years as as again doing plays in some scrimmage games practices with the uh, the regular teammates, but you're not allowed to play in the league games. And two, why do you think the league didn't say uh, something more um, more accommodating like yeah well you know maybe we should review this 18 year old rule and when we do our discussions with our with the Players Association, we'll, we'll talk about this, and maybe the time has come to throw it out. But no, they said, no, we're not changing. And I'm wondering why they took such a hard line about that. And two, maybe they're being, maybe the other franchise owners in the league are saying, no, we don't want this to happen. We don't want Olivia to have a chance to play until she's 18. I mean, it, it, well, I, this is what I think, Rick. I think the reason why they made that age uh, limitation is because they don't want kids to skip college and and go play pro. Well, they that's... want those kids to be able to get an education, play in the college. They don't want to be into a, a bidding war, whereas you, you're getting a player, uh, a professional player under the age of 18, and meanwhile you're taking away from the either the college, you know, the college ranks. Yes. And uh, the, the kid is losing an opportunity to get his uh, college education. But I think that in the courts that, the, that she's going to win. There's no way that she's going to lose this case. I really believe that because you can't tell someone. I mean, why are you telling a girl that she can't play because she's not 18 yet? And meanwhile, a boy, he's allowed to get away with it. It, yeah, it, it well, and I, I, I know it doesn't make sense, uh, especially in this day and age where we're all about, uh, you know, Title IX and equity uh, in terms of, of, the, of the genders and so on and so forth. It is kind of curious, but it is also odd that the league isn't more, as I said, more accommodating. Um, and I think you raise a good point that maybe the league is afraid that, um, you know, if they open the, the floodgates to other talented high school girls, who want to turn pro and say, you know what, I'm just going to, you know, I have a really good, talented kid who's 17 or 18 years old, and uh, why bother going to college when she can turn pro now and, and play, uh, you know, professional soccer? It's it, it's it's just very odd. And, uh, again, the other thing that you mentioned, which I think is very, uh, very keen on all this, is nobody really around here has seen her play. Maybe she is unbelievably good. Uh, we don't know. Uh, <laughs> we're not really going to know until she has a chance to play. You know, I, when she's, I guess, 18 or so and plays in that league. This should be merit-based. This shouldn't be an age restriction. That's the point I think I'm making here. Yeah. That no, I know. I, it, I, I, once, you start, once you start getting involved and you get involved with a merit-based situation, now you're being totally unfair. It's just not, it's not fair to the, to the player. It's not fair to everybody else who's moving up. Yeah. But I, I, think, I think what's going to happen here is uh, – She's going to win this case. I think even Billie Jean King will probably get involved with this, and she'll get she'll put a two cents in and say, hey, "Wait a minute, well, this is kind of nine infraction." I was thinking also about uh, other comparable sports, and obviously you mentioned Billie Jean King. Of course, tennis. Uh, it's been routine for years and years and years for for talented teenage uh, tennis players to go pro. Nobody seems to have a problem with that, regardless if they're male or female. I mean, it's in, it's all yeah. basically based upon merit, and 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 clearly, you know, they 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 uh, 
they succeed and they play professionally and, and they go on from there. Uh, so there is that, that precedent, especially, as I said, with tennis. Um, and, you know, I think, Rick, I think this is a publicity stunt. And believe it or not, it's working. You're talking about it. I'm talking about it. People are starting to talk about it. And it's bringing up the level of uh, publicity for, for the Women's Soccer League. Yeah, It's going to help. help them. I think that's that's uh, part of the equation as well, and and again, I, I I'm glad you brought that point up, Lou. That I do think this has raised some profile for, for the league, um, which I guess uh, starts its regular season very soon. And uh, yeah, people are talking about this and what's the right thing to do. But boy, boy, it seems like a, it seems like a lot of hoops and hurdles in order to get some some publicity, and not necessarily in a positive way for one of their promising young players who doesn't even play on the team yet. So. Anyhow, Lou, thank you as always for the Great. call. Appreciate your insights. Uh, you know, friends, we're taking calls about the situation with Olivia Moultrie and uh, the 15-year-old who signed with Nike two years ago, uh, knowing, I guess, that you had to know that you couldn't play in the, the uh, you know, in the in the soccer league, uh, you know, <laughs> out the um, out out in Portland, uh, because quite frankly, the, the National Women's Soccer League has a rule in place. You got to be 18, and she's 15. Now she's challenging that, and the league is pushing back, saying, uh, "We don't think so. You got to turn 18." So we don't know what's going to happen about this. But as as Lou just mentioned, a lot of publicity about this. Maybe that's the whole purpose of this. Let's uh, let's move on with uh, our callers. Let's go to Ed over uh, in Elizabeth. Good morning, Ed. Ed, this is not baseball. This is soccer. What do you think about all this? Well, good. I, this is something I like to talk about. First off, happy Mother's Day. Absolutely. All the moms and yep. uh, all our athletes out there, you better take care of your mothers today. <laughs> yeah. Think about all the times that they drove you to practice, wash your uniforms, and had to prepare special dinners at certain times. So make sure you thank them and tell them you love them. Absolutely. But here's my point, Rick. This is This is out of control. Okay, first off, I blame the parents. And not only that, I blame the coach at North Carolina. Why are you offering a girl, did you say 11, Rick, or 13 she was offered a scholarship? 11. 11 years old, you're offer, offering someone a scholarship. That's ridiculous. And this, see, this is, I know we've had, I've had discussions about this in the past. The NCAA has got to take control of this, okay? Well, you know, again, it's getting out of control when, when kids are verbally committing or whatever. They should go back to the old way, Rick, when we coached. You know, you 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 start look, you start making offers, junior year, so they junior years, and then they then they sign going into their senior year, like like we do when we were recruiting. But then first off, then you got a, Nike offered her a contract. Now, who whose idea was this? Was this the parents contacting Nike, or Nike Nike just offering? And then all of a sudden she signs this pro contract, but they said she couldn't play until she's eighteen, and now they want to sue. I look at it this way, Rick. I think the parents are looking for a quick payday for yeah. their daughter. Why not let the girl go to college, get an education, better herself? She wants to be on the Olympic team. As you said, the coach from North Carolina is the coach of that. Professionals are always going to come on that. Like I said, this is, this is ridiculous. I blame the parents. I blame the coach at North Carolina. And then all of a sudden, Nike and, and the Portland team – for uh, making us a quick payday for the girl. Ed, uh, yeah, and, and I, it, it's, it's everything you said uh, is all part of these uh, of this situation, and um, 
Now, we all know, of course, that a lot of colleges, a lot of D1 programs will make a, a big uh, publicity stunt when they say, oh, we offered a kid who's in eighth grade a college scholarship to play basketball or baseball or football or something like that. That's, but, of course, those, those scholarship offers don't always follow through by the time the kid got, graduates from high school. Um, and, Absolutely, Rick. That's a great point. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. Because you know what? They may see a kid in eighth grade and offer now, and then they keep following his footsteps. The kid doesn't pr- progress. He can't sign a scholarship till his senior year. They could just verbally say, I'm sorry, you haven't gotten better. We, we have someone that we're, we're more interested in. Agreed. And these are all basically publicity stunts, and it makes the kid feel good and the family feel good that, oh, you know, this big-time program has now recruited me as an eighth grader. But it doesn't have it doesn't hold up four or five years later. Um, and, again, I, I, I don't understand – I mean, clearly there's something here. There's a disconnect between the Portland Thorn, that franchise, the soccer franchise, as to why they wouldn't be battling on behalf of this this player, of Olivia and her parents, to say, yeah, let's get that rule changed so we can sign you and, uh, you know, you can start developing and get even better. And they're the league is saying, no, we're not going to change our rule. It's very curious. I only can assume that the other franchise holders in that league are saying, we don't want this. this we don't want to make this change because maybe Olivia is the greatest thing uh, in the world as a soccer player, and, and we don't want to have her added to that team. Um, it's it's very curious how this is going to play out, but, again, now it's into the – as a lawsuit. So, Ed, let me, let me move on. Thank you for your call. Have a always. great day. Oh, hey, Rick, Yes. talk baseball. When you talk about the baseball, make sure you talk about the raccoons and the rats in the dugout. <laughs> yeah, I, that's all my agenda, Ed. No question about it. I think having more raccoons and New York City rats in the dugouts, that adds a little more excitement to the games. No question about it. <laughs> Thanks, Ed. All right. Uh, let me let me take a, a quick break. And, and talking about uh, baseball, uh, I do want to come back and revisit this topic because clearly uh, of the response we got last Sunday. Uh, let me take a time out. When I come back, I'll go right back to your calls at one 337 And back here on the Sports Edge, just a quick reminder that Richard Neer will come along at 9 o'clock this morning after the Sports Edge. And as always, I uh, ask you to follow me on Twitter at AskCoachWolf. Uh, and of course, uh, I just uh, want to take a moment to wish Happy Mother's Day to all the moms uh, out there who work endlessly to help their kids play and to enjoy sports. Kids, give your mom a hug this morning and just really thank them profusely for what they do for you. Uh, Also, a real quick note, there's a new podcast uh, entitled If You Build It, and it's from Gary Dworkowitz. Gary is the longtime varsity ice hockey coach at North Rockland High School in Rockland County. Uh, Gary recently interviewed me about my own uh, background in sports and coaching, and, uh, well, I I think it's it's a clearly different kind of insight into my world. There are two parts to the interview, and I think it's worth a listen. Again, the podcast is called If You Build It, uh, and you can be find it anywhere where you find your podcasts. Okay, uh, just a real quick note here about uh, Olivia Moultrie before we move on to baseball. Uh, you know, i got to be honest with you. I, I don't know 
I just have a sense that there's a missing part here that hasn't come forth yet, whether this is a publicity stunt or maybe there's a situation where the league uh, is resistant uh, to, 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 to move ahead and change the rule about uh, being 18 or being less than 18 to play. There's something here I can't, fig- I can't figure out. And um, clearly, I, like we all agree, Olivia, if she does have talent, and I'm sure she does, she would definitely benefit from, from playing uh, with the Portland Thorn in the NWSL. But the question is, when will that happen? And now we'll have to wait till the courts decide. It does seem you know, on its surface that uh, it, it's, it's, not, it's not equitable in terms of having uh, women who are 18 that can't can't wait till 18 to play as opposed to men who can play when they're younger. But we'll have to see. So anyhow, moving on. I was listening to um, to Sweeney Murdy and uh, Susan Waldman talk uh, during the rain delay before the Yankees game yesterday, and they were chatting about the sudden rise of no hit games this uh, this season, and all presumably tied to in fact, there are so many strikeouts in the games these days, and the fact that the overall batting average in the big leagues continues to just plummet. Uh, and, and Sweeney and Susan were talking about the fact that, that the Indians, I mean, goodness gracious, they've been no-hit twice in a month. And, of course, just yesterday the Yankees fanned 14 times uh, against Max Scherzer. All this stuff doesn't bode well for exciting baseball this summer, and I do want to talk about how we can change the game for the better. As we just mentioned, yeah, maybe we need more, more New York City rats and raccoons in, in the team's dugouts. But I, I just don't understand all this, and I, I, I think the Major League Baseball is, quite frankly, working too hard to quote-unquote fix the problem. I think they're missing the big picture. And that is that because I mentioned last week my theory, my opinion, the analytics has concluded the following, that if you have more pitchers who chalk up lots and lots of strikeouts, and if you allow defensive shifts with infielders, and if your team has plenty of guys who hit homers, then according to crunching numbers and spreadsheet numbers, the odds are then in your favor that your team's going to win and win a lot. Let's assume that's all true. The problem is it gets to be a very boring, kind of tedious game. Every batter takes three hefty swings, they strike out, nothing happens. Nobody seems to mind. Nobody wants to steal. Nobody wants to try to defeat the shift with a bunt or going the other way and on and on. I mean, Major League Baseball, you know, one of the rule changes they're working or experimenting with is making the bases larger. Well, one of the reasons why they want to do that is because it, it sort of short, it, it, it makes it a, a shorter distance between first and second, and that theoretically would encourage more, more players to steal second. I mean, really? I mean, come on. I mean, I, I just don't understand why we're making these changes when the fact that the way the game is being taught now with launch angles and, 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 and power pitching, and, and, I mean, just please, just go back to the way baseball used to be played. It was more fun. I mean, I was thinking about this. Remember the game of running bases when you were a kid? It was all about foot speed and anticipation and learning how to get up a pickle on the base pass. And what about the game of pepper? I mean, do ball players tell you even play pepper? That's where you learn bat control and how to make contact with any kind of pitch. Plus, the fielders in a pepper game have to learn how to field grounders. But I don't know if kids play pepper anymore. I think if they don't, well, those bat control skills and fielding skills, they just go away. Besides, taking a big hefty cut in a pepper game doesn't doesn't work well. All right, let's get some calls about this because I do think the time is coming. I'm getting a sense from listening to Met games and Yankee games. I'm just getting I just get a sense that more and more of the sportscasters are feeling the same way that 
the time has come to take the game back and make it play how it used to be played because it was just more fun. Strikeouts, an occasional home run, that's not entertaining. one 337 6666 Let's go to Tom over in Brick, New Jersey. Tom, good morning. You're on the fan. Morning, Commissioner Will. <laughs> yeah, well. You know uh, what? Yep. This would have been a perfect time to have in the cabinet somebody that overlooked all of these crazy things going on in youth sports. I'm telling you, you Tom. It's just it's just out of control, uh, and I don't. I understand there's always been a balance at the professional level. That's all about obviously making money and and showing some profit and whatever. But all this the priorities seem to be sort of somehow thrown out of whack as it all sort of cascades down to the college and youth level. We know, for example, the college level, uh, all the concerns with the NCAA has finally announced, well, maybe we'll just decide that we will allow our athletes to make money from endorsements, from their name and image and likeness. Well, that's nice, NCAA, because obviously half the states in the nation have already passed laws that they're going to allow this. So the NCAA is out of touch as well. Uh, It's just so weird, Tom. It's just we're living at a time where sports, as we've known it, traditional sports and the way they're presented, and taught is just going in a whole different direction. The worst is yet to come, and it's going to be Little League Baseball. And Little League Baseball is joined in its own suicide. Have you ever heard the term area coach baseball? Sure, sure, of course. And, and you know, that started 25 years ago when somebody uh, came up with a thing called travel baseball. Now, if your kid played on travel baseball... He must be very, very good. And now it's all led down the road to this. And some of the things that happen scare the hell out of me because they mirror what goes on in our country today. Wow. Tell you, Tom, it, it's, 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 it is, it's uncharted territory. I've, you heard me say many times on the air, it's the wild, wild west. Uh, I, I don't know exactly what's going to take place, but uh, it's really going to be um, – so chaotic and so and so hard to sort of get a, a grasp on what's happening next. Uh, you know, as, again, the college situation is going to change and it's going to change rapidly because uh, the Supreme Court is going to rule about all this. And I, from what I gather from the various arguments that the Supreme Court presented, the justices, uh, they seem to be saying, yeah, the time has come to forget the fact that these are student athletes. These guys and gals are entitled to, to uh, make money because obviously the colleges, the college coaches are making money. So why can't the kids make money as well? It's, it's, I think that's a given uh, as far as – it's just it's just strange uh and it's 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 not gonna it's until again somebody somewhere has to step up and and i have a feeling at least with baseball tom it's gonna be again the so-called old school uh constituents who are going to say look baseball is going to not succeed or continue until we get back to how the game should be played and played in an entertaining uh and exciting fashion uh that's why that's why i think theo epstein who, you know, is a huge, huge proponent of analytics and had great success with the Cubs and with the Red Sox and now saying to Major League Baseball, we have to do something to make the game more exciting again. The question is, all these rule suggestions, uh, you know, it's just weird. I mean, it's just to say, well, 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 maybe we'll try with defensive shifts. The infielders have to actually stay. They can shift, but they got to stay on the infield um, dirt. Yeah, but 
why even allow shifts? Just tell them you can't do that and just go back to playing baseball. It's just weird. Uh, Tom, thank you as always for the call. Appreciate it. Let me move on. Let's go to uh, let's go to Al over in Harrison. Al, good morning. You're next up on the fan. For taking the call. Um, I was I was at the Yankee game by the way yesterday, and uh, uh, yeah, the, the shifts are are I, I totally agree with you. There's got to be a rule change in the shifts, but I think the bigger problem is yeah uh, anatomical. Um, I'm 70 years old. When I was a kid, there were there were the, there was the crafty left-handers and there was the Stu Millers of the world. Those guys are gone. Uh, now all you do is you have flamethrowers. Uh, the pitchers are all six foot five and they throw the ball 95 miles an hour and they throw for five or six innings. And then they, there's a parade of guys that come out of the bullpen that throw 96 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the hitters are overmatched. I mean, I and I think it's a matter of human anatomy. I. Uh, I don't know how a rule is going to regulate that. It's just the, it's just the shifting of physical abilities of these ballplayers. It's it's crazy. And I I just again when I was a kid, the only guys that threw the ball through the wall were guys like uh, Sam McDowell and Steve Barber. Right. Um, but now everybody throws the ball 95 miles an hour. And this, uh, the, this the, is this the, is the Jamie Moyers are gone. Uh, the Jamie Moyers, uh, you know, Stu Millers. Greg Maddox, Whitey Ford, the chairman of the board, yeah. they would never get signed today. They didn't throw hard. Whitey well, Ford was about five foot eight, five foot nine. He had a great curveball. He didn't throw <laughs> yeah. ninety plus. So you know those guys are not getting signed, and it's got to be extraordinarily frustrating for kids today in high school and college who win and win all the time because they change speeds, they're crafty, they know how to pitch, and yet the problem is that the scouts say we need somebody who throws ninety five. Not because that's enough. that's what the that's what the franchises are looking for. And to your point, yeah, everybody goes out and throws 95 until they come down with Tommy John surgery. They come back a year or two later and they hope that the the surgery was success. But it's very boring. And as far as the shifts are concerned, to this day, I don't I don't understand why. Well, I do understand the players, the the batters, they make their money because they're allowed that they swing hefty strokes, trying to hit home runs. They're not getting paid to go opposite field. I mean. If, if Rod, somebody called last week and said if Rod Carew were playing today, he'd have a field day because they would go, he would go opposite field all the time. <laughs> or Wade Boggs. Or any of these guys. Wade Boggs, yeah, sure. But the idea of winning baseball games, as you well know, is to get guys on base and to score runs. Got to score more runs than the other team. I, 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 I don't understand this, but it, it, I do think it's coming to a head. And I do think as the batting averages continue to just keep lower and lower to the Mendoza level this year, and a lot of strikeouts, and there's more no-hitters, somebody, somebody's going to say, enough already. Let's go back to playing entertaining baseball. 1968 all over again. Yeah, so I just think the fans are going to eventually say, this is kind of boring, and, and um, I'll, I'll go watch something else instead. Simple as that. Al, thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Let me move on. Let's go to Michael in Virginia. Hello, Michael. How are you this morning? Hey, good morning, Rick. Great show as always. Thank uh, you. You know, I, I was trying to get in when you was talking about the soccer player. Yeah, let's talk uh, about that. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, one thing that I noticed in, in listening to all the conversations and things I came across in, in reading, um, where's the parents' responsibility here? And, <laughs> and you touched on it and, yeah. uh, you know, think back. Not a child's going to review a contract at the age of 13 and know exactly what's going on in that contract. Parents have a responsibility to be their child's uh, biggest advocate 
and just step up and say, hey, okay, if she's not going to be able to play, then we need to figure out a way where she's able to continue to go to school, she continue to go and play at college and and stay away from Nike because Nike's in it just for the money. Mm-hmm. You know, because at the end of the day, that's what they're looking for and that's what they're going to go for. You know, so, you know, parents should have stepped up into this and, and shut this down earlier on after realizing that their 13-year-old wasn't going to hit the field for another five years, even if she would have hit the field at the age of 13. You made a point earlier. A 13-year-old child probably weighing every bit of 85 pounds stepping on the field with grown women uh, at an (laughs) excess of 150-plus pounds, in some cases maybe even more, you know, muscle mass, a 13-year-old child is not going to survive in that environment. Michael, here's my take, and I, you're absolutely right, and, and obviously the girl is totally dependent, and rightfully so, upon the direction and decisions of her parents. My sense, and this is just a total, just a guess, is that Nike signs the girl at age 13, and now Nike's trying to sell, you know, sneakers with her name on it, um, and suddenly they realize that nobody knows this girl even exists because she's not allowed to play in the games. So maybe Nike is going back to the parents and saying, maybe maybe we should challenge that rule about being 18 because at least if she plays in the games, she will obviously get some exposure. She'll develop more of her in-game skills. And, of course, from Nike's perspective, it adds a little more national profile to Olivia. But right now, we don't even know what she's doing, except she practices with the team and plays in some scrimmages but doesn't play in the games. So maybe Nike... Is that the root of all this? And again, I'm just speculating. Maybe this is just fantastical. I don't know. But it seems like it's very, very strange as to why the parents are now saying, yeah, you know what? We knew about that rule about being 18, but now we want to challenge it. it it's it's weird. It is. Maybe they just made a mistake. Maybe it's simple as that, you know? You know, that, that, that's so true. Nike need to figure out how to make that a marketing tool for them. Yeah. You know, yeah. how are you going to be their next marketing tool? Hey, just put some footage out there. Put her in a couple of your commercials, Nike. That's, that'll help you uh, get her out there because people will wonder, okay, who is this kid? You know, I, go from there. I, I think that's a, probably something they're thinking about. But then I think most uh, young soccer players, female soccer players, say, well, who, is, who does she even play for? Uh, that's a concern because she's not playing for anybody. And that was the gamble that they took when they decided to opt out of playing high school and college. It, it's it's baffling. And it was the other part of this too, as I mentioned before, is why is the league being such a being so tough about this? They don't want to change the rule. They like the 18-year-old rule. I, I, it is really weird, Michael. I, I we'll have to see how this plays out, but I do think there's more, more, uh, more chapters to be written about what happens to Olivia Moultrie. And uh, again, I sort of feel sorry for her because she's a kid. I mean, she's a teenager. She doesn't know exactly how this all plays out. It's as simple as that. Hey, Michael, always good to hear from you. Thank you for the thoughts and the comments. We'll talk to you again real soon. Uh, and that's, again, this is all very strange. You mentioned earlier in the show that we're in a very fluid situation these days when it comes to youth sports and, and high school and college sports. Things are changing, swirling all around us. I don't know how it's all going to play out, but I do know this. Things are going to change. And not necessarily for the better, particularly when it comes to Major League Baseball. They just got to get this thing figured out so the game gets back to being shorter, 
and more fun and more exciting and more enticing for the next generation of ball players. Okay, that's going to do it for me in this edition of the Sports Edge. My thanks to Ed Arzuman this morning. Happy Mother's Day. I'll see you next week right here on the Sports Edge. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.